frames. Music, movies, culture, and Jesus. Featuring your hosts, John Gibson and Joel Flores. Hey there, welcome to Between the Frames with John and Joel. I'm John Gibson, joined by Joel Flores. We're two friends, musicians, and movie files who love to talk about music, movies, cultures, and faith. This is a podcast about all those things, and as we seek to find deeper meanings within them, what's going on, Joel? Hey, John, how are you? I'm really excited about today. Man, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited too, and... Um, you know, we kind of alluded to this movie in our last our last episode. <laughs> so, uh, looking forward to um, I, my my question is: Can we keep it in a in a manageable time frame? So <laughs> there's yeah. so much to explore. Well, I'm excited. I, I oh uh, you know, obviously, as we keep going, things will get better and more smooth. But uh, you know, it's great to have people's feedback and and just remember to where where can they follow us and where can they subscribe, John. Um, they can subscribe through uh, Spotify and through Google Podcasts. There's a couple other places right now that I wasn't crazy familiar okay. with, but for now, let's uh, let's just keep it to uh, to the Google Podcasts and Spotify. So great! If you uh, if you're interested and 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 you're liking what you're hearing, go ahead and give us a follow on Spotify and, and Google Podcasts, and we're hoping that we can branch out a little bit more in the future and. And get on Apple Podcasts and other. Yeah, other we'll start. We'll start working well. on some social media and such. But uh, so you alluded to, we're going to be talking about office space today. And before we dive into many of the obvious uh, scenes and tropes, I want to set up the fact that there is actually so much meat in this film, and we're going to really talk about how there's a lot of lessons in life and faith that we can actually pull out of the story. Not so ironically. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and it's funny because I, I was I was thinking about that. We we were kind of offline, going back and forth with some uh, questions that you had kind of posed about about work and just kind of contemplating through that. And um, there's a book that I've been reading with some guys in, in my church about work and how we connect our work with God's work. And so I, I think some of the questions that we'll talk about today really will will kind of be relevant in in terms of like what do we think about our work is it just a nine to five that we show up to or are we thinking like that we want to do something significant in in that nine to five time frame yeah that's a really good point there and i think that all of us at some point in time we wrestle with that don't we I mean, we wrestle with work significance. We wrestle with, you know, are we just living in a rat race? Is this all I'm here for? Uh, You know, um, everybody would love more vacation, but, you know, at the same time, we got to pay bills, right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, well, and, and the thing about this movie, Office Space, I, you know, I, some in my opinion, some of the best comedy comes out of the most mundane and common things. In Thousand percent. I mean, anyone who's a anyone who's a fan of Seinfeld knows that, I mean, even they said this is a show about nothing, right? right? So, like, I, I mean, when we think about it, like, the funniest things are the things that every person can relate to. Absolutely. And as I look at a red... St- as I look at a red stapler on the on the counter outside my, my window here, so... Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think... So, uh, this, this movie, for anyone who's not familiar with it, um, let me just 
kind of give a, a caveat to begin with. Um, this is not a movie for the prudish among us. Yes. Uh, uh, there's some there's some heavy duty language in it, um, and uh, a couple of scenes that are definitely adult scenes. I, uh, just funny aside story. I, I I watched this movie with my mother in law once. Oh goodness, uh, Joel. So, uh, yes, it was. Um, and, and during one scene in particular, yes. my mother-in-law looked over at me and she said, are you embarrassed? And I'm like, I think I turned beet red at that uh, moment. Did it so, have to do, did um, it have to do with a coffee mug? <laughs> uh, it did. It did. And an yes. O face. Absolutely. So, yeah, it was. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, so. I'd like to also obviously state that um, I, this is not like one of the worst movies you could ever see at all. But you need to understand that it is, you know, it has an R rating in there. There's some language and and really it's more innuendo related in the scenes than anything. Right. But yes. that's yeah. not the core of the story. And it's just, it's reality. I mean, man, it's, it's life. And if you've worked in these environments, I mean, let's face it. Uh, I, I think at the time this movie came out, I was interning at subway world headquarters in Milford with all my friends and, and a couple of them still work wow. there to this day, <laughs> but d- d- wow. it was, it was in a tech. I mean, that's where we were. Oh yeah. I mean, we, we were there. Yep. And so it was surreal right down to the fax machine, which we're going to talk all about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and my, you know, I originally went to school for engineering and my second job out of college, I wasn't there a week. And they said to me, um, Hey, you need to go watch Office Space. It's our training video. It's our training video. And I was like, (laughs) I I wasn't sure whether they were serious or not. Now, now obviously my boss didn't say that, but, but it was some of my coworkers who said that. So that's, that was the time that I watched it for the first time with my mother-in-law, not just with my mother-in-law, my, my, my now wife was with me as well, but, um, but yeah, for, like you said, for anyone who's been in this environment, I, I think you can relate, you know, just having conversations in a cubicle that other people can hear and having an overbearing feeling maybe like, having an overbearing boss who doesn't appreciate what you bring to the table and those kinds of things I think anybody in any work situation honestly can can relate or appreciate and then there's the great things like like friendships we're going to explore that you know the friendships you do make in these environments some of the some of the really good friends that I have to this day is because of like six months I worked at a blockbuster very part-time as a manager you know in its last phase but Mm -hmm. i still connect with them because we just had memorable times right and uh it's amazing what can come from that stuff right oh absolutely yeah 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 so the the just the the brief synopsis of the film too is that peter gibbons is just your average joe worker and he he shows up to Inatech. They're a software uh, design company, company right? And like tech company software. Yeah. They're, they're, I think that at the time, it's funny because they are, uh, he's creating the software that helps with the uh, two, 2000 glitch. Millennium. <laughs> millennium yeah, turnover. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he shows up and, and um, he actually, with his girlfriend, goes to get uh, get therapy to, to try to help him. And his therapist dies in the middle. I guess that's a spoiler a little bit. But and he's just kind of in this Zen moment where he's like, you know, nothing bothers him. He shows up to work like an hour late, like wearing flip flops. And I mean, he doesn't care. And um, and at that point, it's like in some ways it's an awakening, I guess, of sorts that he realizes like why why am i doing this like why am i showing up to a job that i hate with people who don't appreciate me and um and 
you know, doing stuff that like I, I just don't really like, you know? Absolutely. I so um, yeah, and I think I think we've all asked yeah. those questions. Yeah. So he's he's really not satisfied. It's not that he I guess hate hates his job. It's just that it's like, what is the point? He's wrestling with these questions of why yes. am I getting up? I, I feel like Groundhog Day. And I think for anybody who's been, I mean, we've been living through this COVID pandemic year. And I got to tell you, I'm sure you've had these wrestling thoughts. Oh my gosh. Okay. So same routine. I get up. So I start my day, even if it's like I start in the word or whatever it is. And then I go and I know I'm going to drop my kids off. And then I know I'm going to have this meeting and then I know I'm going to do this. And it's like there are days oh, where yeah. you can say, okay. And then you hit the alarm at night and you're like next day. Right. And, and it's that significance. And I think we'll dive into it later, but it speaks to that. Yeah. Um, Work needs to be tied to a purpose. I think that's really, really important. Oh. And we're all searching for yep. the purpose, right? And we'll we'll jump into oh, that yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, and, and I think the other piece of it too is, uh, you know, one of the things that Peter experiences, like his dream, is is fair. It's fairly like you know, it's not as big of a deal as you would think it is. He he just wants to do nothing all day. <laughs> I mean, and and, and I'm like. Uh, you know, as I thought about it, even in terms of like a, a faith kind of aspect, I thought, you know, God, God created the world in seven, in six days and then asked for us to rest on the seventh day. And so like rest should be part of our routine. And here's a guy who's working. He gets called into the office like on Saturday and Sunday as well. So like he's already working Monday through Friday. And then they ask him to work Saturday and Sunday and there's no rest at all. And that's, you know, any of us who have have operated in that zone, I think we know that like that is just not not only is it not fulfilling, it's not healthy. No, it, it's not. And I think too many of us have been going, going and going. And actually, I was having a conversation just uh, this past week, ironically, um, in our own staff meeting and just, just talking about uh, I need to break off the carousel. But, you know, you're, you're more shorthanded. People aren't able to come or be part of as much because of things or certain kinds of restrictions or their work environment. And, um, you know, I know internally that I need to hand off. I need to be able to, to rotate some of my responsibilities here in the, the creative setting at church or with our kids ministry. But the thing is, I looked back and I have many weeks of vacation to take. I have not taken one since August. I have been going oh, every weekend with the exception of a little break around Christmas. And I just, I, I turned around and kind of almost looked back at the calendar and said, this is not good. You know, and yeah. it's not that yeah. I don't want to, but I am trying to figure out, you know, it's not all about me. It's not all about you making it happen, but it is also about having the provision of realizing, okay, someone, there need to be others to help you in team. And I think team is an important thing. And, and in this movie, there's a great colorful cast oh, of characters. Yeah. One of my favorites. Oh yeah. Um, aside yeah. from um, uh, his, his friends, Michael Bolton <laughs> and Samir, right? <laughs> aside from those yes, two, yep. um, you know, not, I'm not going to work here. <laughs> Samir. Right. Uh, oh, as, yeah. Aside from those yep. two, um, which which become good friends of his, and, they, and it shows that throughout the story. Um, also, is uh, his buddy next door, Lawrence, uh, the neighbor, right. who is you yep. know, if anybody knows Dietrich Bader, he's a hysterical um, actor, character actor 
Uh, there's so many great movies and shows that he's been a part of. And uh, this is one of those with his giant mullet, the construction hat, his oh, huge man. handlebar mustache. Yep. I mean, everybody had some kind of neighbor like this. He's a good hearted guy, big hearted guy. Sure. He's a good friend for sure. Peter in a listening ear. But he's also, you know, um, he's a dude. Right. And he has. I, right. I mean, I keep saying ironically, not so ironically, he has more sense than these guys and that comes to be revealed throughout the story as well but it is about we desire to do life with people and um mm-hmm. you know and then of course there's jennifer aniston's part which is probably one of my favorite movie roles she does um as his mm-hmm. girlfriend in this right so um yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean it's a story about all those things so peter uh let, let, let's let's throw this question out there um thinking about the framework of this movie he he doesn't want to do anything he kind of gets this hypnotized you know hypnotized state where he's relaxed his his therapist dies in the middle of that and that's kind of the gag and you know for a while he just kind of realizes why am i why am i throwing all my eggs in this basket and so all these situations outplay from that because everyone else is uptight in the workplace. You know, I have to work here. This is a good oh, yeah. job. And then, of course, come yep. the bobs and, you know, all those things which we can dive into. And, and they're going to do this corporate restructure. I don't know if you've ever been a part of corporate yep. restructures. Oh, my goodness. You're worrying yeah, oh, they're going to downsize, you know. Um, yep. And, yep. and yeah. uh, talk about a triggering word. Yeah, yeah. Big time, big time, <laughs> right? And uh, do you remember his name, the, the guy, the chapter conclusions, Matt? I always forget his name. Uh, Oh, um, yeah. What was his name again? We'll to, um, it was Bob Porter. Bob, Bob Porter. Okay, so um, it's funny because the other are the Bobs, the guys coming. No, no, no. Actually, no, no, no. The Bob, sorry. Bob Porter is not. Tom Smykowski was the guy's Tom, because Bob name. Porter and Bob and Bob Slidell yes. are the uh, two Bobs yes. that come in to do the uh, yes. consultant work, right? <laughs> so... Oh man! So yeah. he's all yeah. nervous, and he's like, "That's it, you know, we're we're, we're gonna be, we're, we're all gonna lose our jobs, right?" And and uh, and it's just it's this thing where there's these different attitudes happening in the different makeups, and and uh, of course, as we go through the story, we realize it's really about really what I think is core is what is our is our identity in work. I think that's the first thing. Mm-hmm that oh, man. asks us the question is, is our identity in our work? What are your thoughts about that? Oh, well, and, and you know, it's funny because I, I don't, I, I mean, I think men and women are different in this, but I definitely, from my own context, obviously, I, I have often wondered that when I meet someone for the first time, one of the first questions that I ask them is, so what do you do? Mm. And, and I think, like, it's amazing to me that that's one of my default questions right out of the gate. And there's an assumption that that we're always going to talk about work. Like, when I say, what do I do? Like, people just assume that, okay, well, he wants to know what I do, like, for work. And um, so, yeah, and, and I've seen it. I mean, I saw it with my own father. Like, my father's work identity was so ingrained into him that, well, he would answer the phone and say, Pastor Gibson. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I don't want, I don't want anyone to call me pastor, let alone answer the phone that way. And, but, but I think like, you rather they call you, you rather they call you, about, they call you Bishop, right? That's what you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I just think like when, it, when we're finding our identity and things like work, you know, things that can be, especially looking at a year like 2020, that can be so unstable. Right. Think about like we, when we put our, when we put our identity in something so unstable, 
the potential for disappointment, the potential for um, unmet expectations is so high because like work can't handle that for us. Work can't be an identity for us. And yet we continue to try to do that, right? Absolutely. And I think that's a bit of human nature. We want to belong to something. We want to be significant in something. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. The problem is too, is in our in our culture, it's not just a North American thing too either, but we we throw ourselves into our work and our career. And you think about it, what, what are we told from the time we're kids? You, you need to get good grades and then you need to you need to get into a good school. You need to do these activities to get into a good school and and uh, because you need to get a good job, because you need to get yourself in a place where you can support yourself, you have to get benefits. And that's a whole another argument. Charlotte and I, my wife and I have been really going into discussions about this, the difference between I think even the United States mindset from where we live now in mm-hmm. Canada, um, this is just more of a communal. There isn't the striving in the academic world that I see in the States. And I actually really like that my kids are, as a teacher, I like that my kids are not growing up in that. And I'll tell you why. Because um, our children are already naturally pretty academic. We're blessed that way. They're at the top of their class anyway. Mm-hmm. We haven't even asked them to do any projects, man. They just do their own stuff. Like sometimes I taught That's sixth awesome. and seventh and eighth grade a long time, dude. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, oh, you guys are you're already working on that project. Like, oh, 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 you're done. OK. And, you know, and their grades are fantastic. You know, Emmett's learning fully in French and English. He's going to be oh, bilingual man. by middle school. That's awesome. And he's doing the orchestra program. There's all these things, but there's this enrichment aspect. And I'm not saying the education is perfect here, by the way, but but what is not there sure. is when they get to high school, there isn't this, you got to take everything AP, you got to be already in college courses. <laughs> and now they can, yeah. they can, they can get in, they can take early college credits, they can get in and do that stuff if they're there academically. But there's not this pressure because, and here's why, Tuition across the country is actually quite low and attainable at all colleges. Uh-huh. And then okay. parents are encouraged to save for their kids because the government actually doubles whatever you put in and it's tax-free and it grows as an investment. So our kids oh, will, Lord willing, even before they have to think about scholarships, you know, pretty much be able to pay yeah. for schooling. So there's not this pressure and they could still get a free ride, yeah. right? There's not this pressure you have to do, you have to do, you have to do. So really they've been able to enjoy life as a kid a bit more instead of they got to be in every single activity there is on the planet. And my point is, is we put ourselves in a position where I think your parents and their parents, same for mine, they grew up in a world where their parents were going to hand off a better world to them. They were going to hand it off better than they left it. Well, at some point that stopped. And now it's not really like Mm -hmm. it's better because everything actually costs more and you know, uh, to, to get a job, you have to go into debt and to, you know what I mean? And it's not mm-hmm. like oh, you're walking yeah. out with a zero bill and starting out in a great job. Right. So it's hard to yeah. work your way yeah. up. I say all that to say, this is where we find a lot of these characters in this place where it's like, am I living to work or am I working to live? Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, well, and, and, you know, I think what you just said too, it, it speaks to not only identity, but, but stability, stability. as well. Absolutely. I mean, because, we're, we're, we want to find a job that will give us both. I mean, and, and we probably look for stability first, but eventually it evolves into the fact that we want to find not only stability, but identity in that. Whether, whether we like it or not, I think culturally, um, you know, culture of North America kind of moves us into that place where we say, okay, like, 
yeah, it started out maybe as like this is stability for me, but it eventually became stability and identity. Absolutely. So uh, I want to jump into this a couple of quotes because it goes into our next talking point, if you don't mind. So I'm going I'm yeah, to just sure. do it ready. You wrote some of the best lines of quotes. I really couldn't add to it because it was basically everything I would have put down with the exception of one or two <laughs> that we probably won't talk about in the show. But anyway, th- I'm yes. going to start with this. Corporate accounts payable. Nina speaking. Just a oh. moment. That going oh on from the beginning gosh. of the movie constantly in the background. Yes. Dude, yes. it always yes. makes oh. me laugh. But it sets the stage oh. of monotony and just yes. droning on while it's just setting the scene, right? And meanwhile, it's the TPS report. So, Peter, oh. did you get the memo? Yes. TPS reports yes. and all that stuff, right? If you could just go ahead and uh, yeah, have that done. Yeah, okay. Right? And all that stuff, right? So Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. So you see that. Yeah. Did you get the memo? And he has like four different bosses who come by and, you know, basically <laughs> bust his chops because they're bored. <laughs> so, yep. so oh, yeah. Yeah, well, and I I wrote down one of those lines that he said. He said, you know, we don't have a lot of time on this earth. We weren't meant to spend it this way. Human beings weren't meant to sit in little cubicles, staring at computer screens all day, filling out useless forms and listening to eight different bosses drone on about mission statements. I mean, (laughs) if... If that doesn't resonate with people, then you've probably never worked in this kind of atmosphere and environment before. And actually, that speaks to, you know, specifically what you and I do in ministry. Man, that speaks to, like, Mm -hmm. the church, the big C. We aren't meant to sit, you know, in pews, digesting information and, you know, filling ourselves of uh, religious food and being overweight, spiritually overweight, but not, you know, Mm -hmm. not pouring it out, right? Not living it. And, and so yeah. there's a good connection there between that for sure. And I think that that's our natural state, probably from years of training yes. over the last, you know, 70 uh, years or so since the industrial, you know, lies, the industrialized world started to change over to more of a desk kind of world. Right. Um, yes. And, and I think that that's what we're seeing them wrestling with here. And I love how it sets the mundane up because it leads to this question. We wrestle with boredom and insignificance because we long to fill that yearning and purpose that God has placed in our hearts and work will never do that. So there's this deep longing. Let's talk about that for a minute. I mean, it sets the stage of, oh my gosh, I got to show up. I got to do this again. And everybody who's listening to the show, no matter how much you love your job, Mm -hmm. you have had that day where you're like, why do I have to do this Uh, today? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, when I, when I read read that that question that you'd written down, my my head immediately went to the book of Ecclesiastes. If mm. if anyone's familiar with that, and I you know there's I, I not too long ago I went through a series on that, and and it just it, this this idea of question. I mean, all these things that we've been talking about, like where's my identity, like where do I find fulfillment, um, where do I find stability, and if you read through that book written like it's part of the wisdom books of the Old Testament. And this idea that like yearning and purpose, it doesn't come from riches. It doesn't come from our work. It doesn't come from any other place that we would find our identity. It it comes from God. And if that's not the place, and I love how you put it, like God's placed that in our hearts. I mean, people quote, um, 
what's his name now uh, Pascal all the time that Pascal said you know there's a God-shaped hole in our hearts and when we try to fill that with anything else other than God like it just falls short every single time and I think we we come to that place of feeling insignificant and feeling like we're completely bored because we're asking work to do something that it was never intended to do. Yeah, and I, and I think that's true of many things. Like we, there's very healthy hobbies. It might be you like to work out a lot. It might be uh, creating music. It might be drawing. It might be taking vacations and travel. And, and again, if any of these things have been restricted in this past year, um, we felt that, right? It may be it, we long for friendships. We crave for um, relationships and hobbies and these things that we do because they're, they're a part of life and they're a part of who we are and they're important. But none of those things independently and not even, especially not our spouse and our families, um, can fill that hole. So certainly while work makes us feel productive and important, it is going to always let us down because that's not what we should be building the bedrock on if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Well, and oh absolutely it does. And and when you say that I can't help but think that that one of the reasons why we see such a you know, broken families, we see high divorce rates and stuff like that is because we're doing the same thing with relationships that we do with work. And and we're putting such high expectations on on people to fulfill things that they were never meant to fulfill. And and when we do that with people or work or whatever it is, like there's like you said, there's a, there are healthy things that we can do. We can work out at a healthy level. We can have good relationships at a healthy level. But the moment that it goes like just beyond that healthy place is that moment that it becomes our identity or we become obsessed with yeah, it. Yeah, obsession is a great word. And, and anything is easy to become obsessed about, right? I, I've had this. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I mean fitness has not exactly been able to be a part of my life the last number of years as much as I tell my kids all the time I'm like dude your your mom and I used to like be at the we didn't live at the gym we used to be at the gym every day and we used to have this routine and, sure. and you know we walk the dogs a thousand miles and we do take dogs for walks and I love riding my bike but it's cold here half the year it's kind of hard to do that all year when there's 10 feet of snow but you know now's the season when we really get doing that and uh you know my eldest son has really gotten into health and fitness and he's doing mixed martial arts and all this other stuff and and he's always talking to me about it and I said look here's the thing you I said I want you to be healthy I want you to do everything that you can to to put yourself in a good place and all that I said but don't make it your god like don't become obsessed with it because there's a fine line where you start to obsess over it and every little detail of how you are I'm like you you are you're 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 perfect right where you are and I know that sounds cliche but don't let it go to that place healthiness is good um investing in that is excellent but don't let it go to this place and it's a really easy crossover line so that leads to I have a lot of friends or I know people who have those Instagram pages where pretty much every single thing is you know all their the, the box gyms that they're at or you know all the workout plans are I hit it at 4 54 a.m and I'm doing this and and so the thing is, I admire that. It, it does get to a place sometimes where it can feel like envy or make you feel less than because you can't or you don't maybe have the money to do that. But I started to joke with, you know what? I would love to just do a page where I'm like, oh, I'm fat this morning. I'm having some eggs and take a picture. You know what I mean? <laughs> like where right. my whole oh, thing yeah, is yeah. like the counteractive. Yeah. And obviously that's very snarky and sarcastic. But sure. because we love comedy, yeah. I, I just laugh sometimes thinking, what would the polar opposite of this post be? What if I just threw oh, it out there? What yeah. would people say? Yeah. <laughs> 
things. I, I, you know, honestly, again, I feel like authenticity. People are just looking for people who are who keep it real. I mean, I put something up on social media the other day about how I've found two advantages of, of masks this week. Is that yes. one? I don't have to worry about stray boogers in my nose, <laughs> and I don't have to worry about stray food in my teeth because no one can see either That's one. Right. So, I mean, and, and you know, those those kinds of things I think will resonate, and you know, they're they're comedic because they're true, and so much like this movie is. I mean, it's it's like it's true. I mean, and and when we experience it like that then yeah all of a sudden we're like oh yeah i totally relate and, and one of the things that you said joel that really kind of kind of resonates within me is the fact that in order to keep things at a healthy place whether it's whether it's you know how we deal with work or working out or whatever it is like we need each other i mean we need community yeah, we that's need right. friendships we need people and you spoke to the relationships that peter in this film has with samir and michael yeah let's dive and, into that a bit and is his girlfriend yeah and just the fact that like hey like these guys are watching each other's back i mean one of the things that happens in the film is that peter gets wind that you know here he's slacking off he gets he gets promoted and they're gonna they're gonna fire samir and michael and uh do it on a friday so that there's not much you know yeah not much drama right and and they're the good work they're, they're the good workers like are faithful doing their right, job right. you know <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. And, and uh, you know, golly, but but it, it speaks to their relationship, too, that Peter's willing to go out and say, hey, look, I just got to let you guys know, like, you're going to be laid off. And, and they're all angry and frustrated. Of course, that that, that seems snowballs into yeah. into their plan right. that, you know, they end up so, putting so the together plan, that virus. So, and so the plan is the Superman three virus. <laughs> <laughs> right, basically right, it's a right, software yeah. virus that they write a code where you know it deposits a fraction of a cent over time into an account that they set up so it's very unnoticeable it's like you know it's like pennies in the change in the exchange drawer at the convenience store or something right like find a penny pick it up right uh but there's a little problem that happens and and uh you know michael bolton uh yes yes, yes. michael bolton just like the singer yeah I <laughs> Uh, and I let me. I have to tell yeah, the story as an aside too, <laughs> because um, you know I can relate to this guy Michael Bolton because my name is John Gibson, and there is a Christian singer who who is like a white version of Stevie Wonder, yes. whose name is John Gibson. This is amazing. Well, I, you know, on, on on Facebook, I'm part of a, a like Christian music. Uh, I don't know Facebook group and and I have been mistaken for this other John Gibson. I'm looking at him right times. now. I'm looking at him right now. And 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 you may know this guy, you may not, but there was a Christian singer named Brian Duncan way back in oh, the yeah, day. Totally. Um, Brian Duncan mistook me for the other John Gibson on this this christian music facebook page and i i basically had to tell him you know sorry dude like you got the wrong guy and uh i mean I, i'm not going to go as far as michael bolton in the movie went and said that you know he sucks but um but it does kind of stink to to get 
mistaken for a guy. I, I, I mean, and of course, you know me well enough, Joel. I, I, it's somewhat surprising that I haven't gone full on snarky with people on this page and and changed my profile picture <laughs> to look like this guy. I mean, well, and start, which maybe after this podcast, I may do that. I'm so. actually, so I'm looking him up right now, obviously. And I remember I'm looking at a picture right now, Jen, that I was thinking this, you got to do this look. So it's like the, uh, it's super nineties, like early nineties. And it's, it's the album forever friends. <laughs> he's on Spotify by the way. So if you're listening uh-huh. to this oh. flip over, but he's got the long hair kind of like, uh, Ian and, yes. uh, uh, no. Oh my gosh. High fidelity. Yes, and high yes. fidelity. He's got the long hair, but it's coming down flowing. And then he's got the, you know, super oh rayon gosh. shirt and the rayon silk pants that are kind of like, you know, pleated. And it's awesome. And he's looking mm-hmm. down pensively. And it's, yeah, so look up John Gibson. Yeah. And, uh, well, and there have been multiple times that I thought that I should go by my given name, Jonathan, just so that I could avoid that kind of mis- mistake. But but I, I embrace the mentality of Michael Bolton in the movie and say, you know, why, why should I change my name? He's the one who sucks. So. <laughs> so, a sidebar. Of course. A sidebar. We were talking about, yeah. obviously, John Cusack and High Fidelity. So. Um, one of the best parts of the movie uh, Serendipity, the one he does with Kate Beckinsale, because uh, Jeremy P- uh-huh. Jeremy Piven's in it as well. Yes, and they go all across country like looking for her, trying to find her. And the thing is, her boyfriend in that movie, her fiance, uh, he's actually the guy who played the love interest slash husband in uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, and so uh-huh. he is like a Zanfir flute player who does like these trippy videos, but he looks exactly like this picture, the long flowing hair. And if you haven't seen that dude alone, go look up the music videos that they do for that movie. It is hysterical. Like where it's like a Norse Norseman in the background and he's, you know, playing his, 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 uh, his flute into the music, you know, like this whole, it's crazy. Anyway, that's what made me laugh because I'm looking at this and there's this kind of like six degrees, of separation there, right? Um, but yeah, 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 I mean, you're right, John. That That's one of those things. It's hysterical in the movie, but it drives him nuts. And of course, Michael Bolton, the character in the movie, is put in this precarious situation where they, they interview him, the, the Bobs interview him as, you know, what do you do? What's your role here? But they, they kind of park on this whole... You know, they start laughing. Is this like the singer? You know, but but you must love all of his songs because because of his name. You yes. know, and I think there's been plenty of us that that have had that kind of question, like, oh, so do you know so and so? I've had it here since I've lived here because there's really not many Floreses. They always ask me. There's another guy in town um, who's like this killer bass player. So they're like, are you are you related to? And I'm like, no, but uh, you know, it's cool if you want to say so. <laughs> Because he's a great musician. Yeah, oh. But um, sometimes yes, that could not yeah, be a good yeah. thing, right? Like, are you related to the guy oh, who's yeah. the uh, criminal? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, yeah, just having the name Gibson and being a musician, everyone's like, why aren't you playing a Gibson guitar? And I'm like, because they're overpriced and I don't have that much money. Oh, my gosh. Oh. So crazy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, I, I celebrate the guy's whole entire catalog, right? I mean, and... I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, like, Michael Bolton, I'll listen to When a Man Loves Dude, a Woman. Michael- I'm not going to go so far as 
as Bob says, and say, you know, there's nothing better than hearing him saying when a man loves a woman. I, nah, I'm not going to go that no, far. No, but, but, but Michael Bolton, but, hey, I, I can tolerate I mean, listen, him. C- considering some things today, Michael Bolton is certainly a, he's a talented singer and, and, and artist and that kind of thing. You know, if he's your taster or oh, not, yeah. he, he, he certainly doesn't stink. Yes. That's the thing. <laughs> but, yeah. but it is one of those well, things and, that's funny because it's more of the image of it. And he was so popular yep. at the time. He was sick of it. Oh. Right. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and and just as, again, as an aside, if, if you haven't seen it yet, I mean, when, when we were putting all this stuff together for this podcast, I, I went and did some, some searches and found that Michael Bolton has a funnier die video. Have you seen this no, yet, Joel? No, I have to. Oh my gosh. All right. Yeah. You have to go watch this. Anyone who's listening, you need to go watch. If you've seen Office Space, then go look up Michael Bolton's Funnier Die sketch on Office Space because what they've done is they've edited the the real Michael Bolton into no. certain scenes from this movie. Oh my goodness. And oh my gosh, it'll make you laugh so hard. I was watching it. I showed my wife, Carrie, the, the video too. Uh, it's, it's really funny. And I, I'll tell you, I I just appreciate that because like i mean how can you how can you not appreciate a guy who's willing to, who doesn't take himself too seriously right and he puts himself in there of course he changes the line when he talks about no talent he he says uh you know that he's a very talented in person i'm not going to use the word that they used in the, in the movie but but you know what i'm talking about so yeah i mean i, I mean yeah. so I, look, I, look up that video I, I can't wait because you know i celebrate the guy's entire catalog no <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great quote from the movie, and we've alluded to it. So so going from that, um, they get into these series of actions where they're trying to figure out what to do because now that, you know, these guys are going to lose their jobs, Amir and Michael. Um, in between that, there's this intense frustration with the fax machine the whole time, the fax machine that keeps breaking and he's like what is what's pc load letter and they you know they just want to take this machine it's it's like the the center of frustration and i have to say that when i worked at subway headquarters dude, we had that fax machine that drove us crazy of course oh uh, so did we're we. showing our yep. age because we're talking about fax machine but the, the idea is is that you know part of what's hilarious about the movie is at the beginning beginning of the movie as well when they're introducing the characters Michael Bolton is driving in in traffic, stuck in traffic, barely moving, right? One car, move, yes, one car. Yes. It's, that, it's like yep. the ants marching, right? And um, yes. and he's listening to like really West Coast gangster rap, like, you know, oh, um, yeah. it's yep. just crazy stuff, right? Uh, and um, as he's listening to it, uh, you know, he's getting down, he's doing all the words. And, you know, here he is, super white guy, short sleeve, button down shirt with a tie, <laughs> glasses. And yes. he's doing the lyrics, and then he sees um, a man coming down, you know, selling flowers, right? And uh, yep. uh, African American yep. guy walking around carrying flowers, and and one of my favorite parts is as the guy's walking, he like rolls up his window and turns down his music, and then and then when the yes. guy walks by, he turns it back up and rolls down the music, and it's like you know, it's this whole thing about a he's such a poser. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Right. And oh yeah. B, oh yeah. It was like the most benign thing on the planet. And the thing that's funny is we all know people like that who are trying to um I think try to emit this certain kind of personality or persona as to who they are and then they're not. Like you yep. talked about authenticity. And so one of the things that keeps recurring is that kind of music. So when they all they decide we're going to just we're leaving this job and we're going to get them back, right? 
they take yep. Peter goes that one extra step in friendship though he goes I've got a little surprise for you and they're like what oh, yes. and they go out into the middle yes. of the field and it's like you know they open the trunk and they rip out the fax machine and it's that whole like gang video beat down where they're smashing it and you know like ghetto stomping it with the foot <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 and 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 by the way, that's one of the scenes that the real Michael Bolton reenacts. By the way, but oh anyway, my word, I yeah. cannot wait. Okay, so I'm yes. going to watch that as soon as we're done. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and and I seriously, dude, when I worked in the cubicle world, like our printer legit said PC load letter, and I was like, are, are you kidding me? Like, what? It, yeah, what does this mean? So that's why when I watched this movie, I was like, now I get why these guys are telling me this is a training video because this actually happens in real life. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a printer that will tell you like to load letter, you know? So uh, we had a, uh, I used to call yeah. the, the, the copy machine back when I was teaching at the, uh, uh, Christian school in Georgia. I used to call it the, uh, the testimony, test your testimony machine. Because, you know, mm-hmm. in the morning and you're trying to get it going and it has the big jams and then you're pulling everything out and, and it's like a zillion dollars. They just paid for the whole thing. And you're you're trying to get everything ready for class and it's not working. You've got all this stuff going on. I, oh, talk about those moments that would test you. You're like, right? Like yes. parents walking by oh, and man. all that kind of stuff. But um, I think that, yeah. you know, so actions have consequences. They decide to take it on yes. themselves to come up with this scheme, um, you know, to take a fraction of a cent and put it into account. They, they quit their jobs at the place. And these actions have consequences that ripple through. Um, you know, their friend Tom, uh, the, the guy, the, you know, he's just so uptight about them going to lose their jobs. <laughs> you know, he's a people person. Yep. He helps people. Right. You're right. Um, yep. He ends up losing his job. And out of depression, yep. he's going to actually, he, he's sitting in his car, he's got the fumes going, and he was going to really end his life. And his wife walks out, and, right. and she sees him, what are you doing? And he sees her, and he's like, what am I doing? And he, he stops, and he goes, oh, I'm just going to get something. And he throws the garage and rolls back, and he ends up getting smashed by, <laughs> he gets smashed by a car. He survives it. But the irony is, yep. is there's a big lawsuit that he wins, or, you know, at least gets the insurance money. And what's his great idea, John? Before we jump into the actions have oh consequences, what's what's his yes. what's his great idea he came Speak, up with? Speaking of jumping, Joel, <laughs> yeah, yeah, his jump to conclusions map. It's a jump I mean, to I, conclusions I, like, map. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, seriously, when I, when I first saw that, I'm like, all of us know people like this too, right? Yes. Like they've like anybody who uses the pet rock as kind of the model of a great idea by which they are going to say is a great idea. That's when you need to say like, it's time to head for the hills. And they tell because, him, Michael's uh, like, this is like the worst idea. And Zamir's like, this is a very bad idea. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 So he's got this jump to conclusions, Matt, where you basically just, it's kind of like one of those magic eight balls. Exactly. I think, that you, you know, you ask it a question and then you jump and whatever you land on is, is the conclusion that you need so to, the quick, to the come quick, to. You which, know, the, the make the money, make the money quick scheme based on like a, an idea that you hope will Superman catch on. Three. Right. Superman three. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean yeah, the jump to yeah, conclusions, yeah. Matt. Oh yeah. Oh definitely, yeah. Definitely. You know, it's one map. of those things yep. where you're hoping you can make that app. I'm going to make an app and because right. everybody else has done it yeah. and I'm just going to be able to be on easy street or I'm going to create this board game and everybody's going to love it or write this book. And it's not that you shouldn't do those things. It's just that when that becomes your reason so that you can get out of the misery of not being happy with what you're doing in life, 
Well, and it's probably why so many people play the lottery too. Like, Absolutely. I, I want what I want, but I don't want to work for it. So, like, let me let me get rich quick so that I can just kind of follow Peter's dream and spend the whole day doing nothing. Yeah, and I think Pete, um, Peter really, we'll talk about this at the end, but Peter learns that it's not actually that he wants to do nothing. So we'll we'll come back to that. Through the through the course of the movie, he realizes that it's not that he wants to sit around and do nothing. It's 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 the the what what society says will make the good job and what you should do versus what actually he's wired to do that he didn't know would make him happy that would right. be fulfilling and oh, it's a yeah. simple thing so yes. we'll come around to that so let's yes. talk about actions have consequences they decide to pull off yeah. this heist they they quit they destroy the fax machine um and then it has a ripple effect even with their friendships with his girlfriend all that i mean let's talk about some of these things that happen yeah, well, so they they decide to to take pennies off the dollar, like, and they start accumulating it. But one of the guys who designed it, he he messed Michael. up, and and he had a problem with decimal points and decimal place, and he ended up yeah. So this is a, a little a little uh, public service announcement for kids that you need to pay attention in math so that <laughs> when you're trying to steal from your company later on in the future, which we are totally kidding about. That, <laughs> yes, exactly. That you don't screw up where you put the decimal place. But yeah, and they so they end up uh, doing that, and then it works. Come to find out, it that, works, but it works yeah, too. It good. does work, but it works so well, right? Yeah, and and they all start panicking because and because I, instead, you know, in one day, there's like you know, um, you know, there's like three thousand dollars, three hundred thousand dollars, and they're right, like, oh right. my gosh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and you know what that speaks to for me, Joel, is that how many times in my own life when I've made a bad decision and I have to deal with the consequences of that decision and it, it, I'm so regretful in that moment, but you know, it doesn't always stop me from doing something stupid again. <laughs> I wish it did, but but yeah, we, we don't always think about the fact that when we're in the midst of it, we're just pursuing whatever it is that we're trying to pursue and then uh, we get so engrossed in that and forget that there's consequences behind those actions. So yeah, and, and that can be things that are not even meant to be very negative. They could be life decisions. They could be, you know, you chose to, I don't know, uh, you know, overextend yourself or whatever it might be. Um, but it even, you know, when it starts out when you're young, you're a kid, you're a teen, the kinds of friends you choose, the where you chose to spend your time. I mean, kids learn all the time. Hey, listen. Uh, if you don't do the work, you're not going to get a good grade, you know, <laughs> and, and well, there you go. Actions have consequences. Or if you, if you procrastinate forever and, and, you know, some of us are professional procrastinators. Others of us are, uh, you know, more type A and whatnot. Um, but I, sure. but I think that every action has a consequence. We all understand that whether you're a person of faith or not, you know, that, you know, every action has a reaction. And if you do something negative, something you know, there's going to be a negative consequence from that, right? And uh, oh, yeah. And, and so it, things begin to spiral out of control. He he damages a relationship he has with his girlfriend Peter, um, who's awesome. And at the same time, he's helped her because she realized that she's not happy in her job. I mean, she's working at a you know a, a Bennigan's type restaurant called Chachki's, and you know how many pieces of flair yeah. do you have? I didn't I didn't see that one oh, on here. Oh my goodness! And yeah. and and yeah. Yeah. because she gets so frustrated with the relationship and because she's really not happy in her job. She actually gets to a point where she's like, you know what? Here's my flair. Right. And, and, and leaves and quits. She's like, yes. this stinks. But 
Yep. They're able to resolve that in the end, but you know, Peter even puts his friendship with with Lawrence, the guy next door who can hear through the wall. You know, Peter, turn on channel nine, and he's like, Lawrence, can you just uh -huh. pretend we can't hear each other through the wall? And uh, you know, but he even puts that in jeopardy because he's like, you know, when they're describing their plot, the joke at the end of everything mm -hmm. they talk about is he goes, "I won't say anything either." <laughs> Or <laughs> they're like, we can't say anything about it to anyone. He's like, I won't say nothing either. It's because he can hear them through the right. wall. And it's like, you know, he doesn't want, he wants to keep a distance. He's like, dude, don't, you know, but then when Peter thinks he's going to have to go to jail, he's going to return the money and, and they, they cut the software out. They close the account and then he's going to return the money. He's like, I'm obviously going to go to jail. He settles terms with it. And, um, Lawrence goes out there with him though. And, and tells him, man, you know, I hope, uh, you know, I hope everything's okay and, you know, basically let him know that he's his friend and he feels bad about the situation, mm -hmm. right? And uh, and a few other circumstances. The running gag, of course, that started this whole movie. It's it's a Mike, Mike Judge film and Mike Judge did Beavis and Butthead and, and King of the Hill. But early on, he did the animation sketches on Saturday Night Live called Milton. And that's oh, where yeah. Milton comes from. Stapler, stapler, okay, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get real mad and set the building on fire. You know, Milton's the 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 employee that is definitely overlooked, pushed aside, abused. He's probably just as frustrated as Peter, but no one will listen mm -hmm. to him. So, oh right, right, he, yeah. he's the guy yeah. who takes. And eventually, stops. Right, yeah. Eventually, stops even getting his paycheck. Right, right? We're just and, but he still shows up for work. Right, that's right. Right, yeah. And they're going to use him. And I mean, that's a that's a. It's funny and sad, but you know, how often do people get used like that? We're just going to use you. Oh, We're going to use goodness. you and abuse you until yeah, we yeah. throw you away. And you know, I would give a warning that in the church, we need to be careful because so many people feel they pour out and they give and they give and they feel. Uh, less than and pushed aside by their own leadership, you know, and and oh, um, yes. and so, and they're hurting because, you know, they're giving their best because they also want to, f they they want to know that they are part of what they are building, that they're part of this family, right? And so, right. deep down, we all identify with that. So yeah, actions have consequences, and we'll talk about how that wraps up. So, um, let me ask you this: Yes, are we wasting? too much time of our lives by being slaves to our work. It's that thing that Peter says, we're not great meant, question. you know, human beings were meant to sit in cubicles and that kind of thing. Now, obviously right. God tells us we have to work. Like we, we have to work to earn our keep, but yeah, where's that yeah. fine line? Oh, I, that's a great question. And I think it's probably something that all of us wrestle with regularly, Joel, that we just are, are always asking ourselves. Yeah. Am I, Am I becoming a slave? I mean, I finally had to come to a place in my work a few years ago where, uh, like, I, I created a pecking order, and I'm like, here's a list of people that I don't want to make mad. You know, it starts with God, it's then my wife, and then my kids, and then everybody else kind of falls after that. And, and like, I think there's times that when we find ourselves, like, becoming slaves to stuff, especially those of us who are type A, who are perfectionists, who are, like, just achieving, like, wanting to get get ahead and, and accomplish things. Or do the best we, we can, you know, do the best we oh, can yeah. with what we're given or build something. You're a builder. We're builders, yes. right? So. Yes. Yeah. And I think there are times that we just have to step away. I mean, I came to a point a couple of years ago where I finally said, you know what, like at the end of the day, 
Like someone's going to be mad at me. I mean, <laughs> I, it's just it, when you're when you're human and you're a human working in ministry, that's pretty much like a given that someone's going to be mad at me by the end of the day. And I'm like, as long as God's not mad at me and my wife and kids aren't mad at me, I, I could almost care less if anybody else is. That's not completely true. But but yeah. And when we start sacrificing relationships for the sake of work, um, I think that's that's a place that that you know you talk about that fine line, Joel. And I think we have to be able to. And again, I'm going to speak to the fact that if you have people around you, you know, Samir and Michael, even at, even at the end of the movie, Michael, I mean, uh, Peter comes to this place where he's working with Lawrence on a construction site. Um, he, he has potential for more, but he's finding fulfillment in doing this job. Right, and that's, and that's the point Samir we're getting and Michael, to. Yeah. Right. Samir and Michael, they they found new jobs and they're satisfied where they are. But at the end of the day, they're all still connected. They're all still related and they all still have these relationships that are tying them together. And I think that's such a huge piece of this is like no man is an island. We're not going to do this alone. And when we've got other people around us, they can shake us out. I mean, you spoke before yeah, about Jennifer Aniston's character kind of waking up. Joanna wakes up to that fact that she doesn't want to be working here. She doesn't care how many pieces of flair she has on her. What she really wants to do is is find a place where like she feels somewhat fulfilled. And And it took Peter going through what he went through for her to come to that realization. Yeah, and even, and, and I, even I making that speaks, even making bad decisions to, to see it. Right. Oh yeah. 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 And that, I think that speaks to the importance for us of staying connected with other people about stuff like even work where people can challenge us and say, Hey, you know what? Like maybe, maybe you're putting too much time into this. I, I've got a, I've got a good friend here who after 2020, he made some big decisions about his work and about where he was spending his time. And he made some changes because he realized like my kids aren't going to be young forever. And I, I've got to spend time with them. I've got to spend time with my wife. And so I, I think there's, there's something to a shakeup Joel, that brings us back into reality again, shakes us to wakes us, so to speak, and brings us to a place where we come to realize that, okay, my work isn't my everything. I have become a slave to this. Do I need to separate myself? Do I need to just cut back or do I need to, you know, completely cut off and start fresh somewhere? Well, great thoughts, John. And I think as we wind down today's episode, um, that's a good place to land is we, we all have the potential to get into this place where work becomes our, our identity becomes, you know, work is important and God provides that. Uh, it's, it's often it's the means that we have to not only have fulfillment in life, that's that's a part of it, but also to provide for our families, right? To provide for ourselves and our families. It's the danger of when Absolutely. we push it too far. You're a builder. You're building a church plant. I know what that's like. I'm building here in this ministry. And in this place, we can get into that danger where it becomes you know, it becomes constant. And in our case, we've been trying to hand things off. You grow to a place where you can hand things and have healthy replication and have people stand up and help you carry the load. I think that's the other part is how many people are willing to walk with you through the hard things, through yes. the hard stuff, yes. who's really with you. Yep. And, and as funny and goofy yep. as this film is, you do see that. That's a clear indication in the film is I got you. 
And sometimes, dude, right. people outside of the church, man, just do that better. <laughs> like, you know oh, what I mean? Man. I mean, preach. Yes, you know, absolutely. So, as we kind of land the plane here, I want to encourage our listeners. Um, there's a lot of hilarious things in this film. Uh, there's so much more we could have touched on, but. You know, um, whether you have a, a, a boss like Lumberg, and I just have to say it, so, John, <laughs> how's it going? Uh, whether you have that kind of person or not, whether you work for a company you feel fulfilled for or you're still trying to wrestle with that, you hit on something great. Your family, uh, the people closest to you, they matter the most. Make sure you make that time. And I did make that decision about five years ago. It's like as busy as I have to be, I'm not sacrificing this time with my kids. And I got to tell you, um, it's the best thing I've done because I look at them now and they're, you know, they're getting huge. You know, the time just flies and we can't do every single thing. But I, I learned from my dad who had to work hard and a lot. He worked a lot, a lot of shift work, triple overtimes, whatever. Man, he always made time. It seemed as much as he worked, mm-hmm. I still always saw him. And I'm glad because I only yep. got 66 years with him. And, you know, of that, yep. how much of it is really as a kid, right? And um, right. that's what sure. matters. Those are the things I remember. The ball games, the taking me for a hot dog, the hanging out, playing catch, the the movies, countless movies we went to and saw, all these things, right? Those are the things that stay yep. with you. So make sure to invest in your family, make invest in your marriage, invest in your friendships. That means something. And uh, I think I would leave it there, John. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. That's, that's a good, that's a good summary. Um, so yeah, thanks all for joining us for this episode of Between the Frames. We don't absolutely know what we're going on next. We may hit serendipity, uh, for another John Cusack thing. I'm not sure, but we've got a whole plethora of like films to talk about all kinds of genres and, uh, you know, one thing's for sure, whatever it'll be, we're going to dig a bit deeper than the surface. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yep. So, uh, yeah, and don't forget to uh, go ahead and subscribe on, on Spotify or on Google Podcasts. We'll let you know about other places that we end up. Yeah, and share well. it and let your so, friends know. We'll be back with you next time. Thanks for listening to Between the Frames with John and Joel. If you like what you've heard today, please remember to click subscribe and give a share and a follow on social media. Each episode will look to dive into the deeper meanings behind movies, music, and culture as it relates to life and faith. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.